22 pitch. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins, fires. A perfect game! Roy Halladay has thrown the second perfect game in Philadelphia. Line drive, right center field, base hit. Ground ball over the mound. Waiting oh, for it. Oh, oh, oh. he booted it. One runner's in. Here comes the throw. everybody welcome back to the bell smashers podcast it's episode four brought to you by fired up sports i am your co-host kylie and i'm jen unfortunately no Haley this week uh, again off season flyers crazy schedule for all of us um but we just wanted to get on here and talk about the cringiest moments we brought that up last week as well as the finally taiwan walker signing Finally. Yeah, it only took, what, two weeks, it feels like? I think so. And understandably, some people were getting worried. Like, yes. what if it fell? Yeah, what if it fell through or something? Um, but then he started posting about Philly, so. Yeah, last night he posted, what up, Philly? And so we were all like, okay, we can breathe a sigh of relief. Like, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> today they announced it. It was official, and they did the press conference. Yeah, did you get a chance to watch? Oh, of course. I thought it was awesome. They're obsessed with his splitter. Yeah, they talked a lot about that splitter. It's um, I don't know. Um, I th- I always find that interesting when they bring up a certain pitch so much because I feel like that's part of the strategy is you don't want the opposing team to know what to expect. That was my thinking. Yeah. But clearly they were talking about it for a reason. I mean, if maybe it'll be like Jose Alvarado's cutter and just no one will be able to hit it. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, <clears throat> I, I was getting a little worried about that because just constantly talking about that pitch, it's like, don't you want them to not know what the focus is? Like, I don't, I didn't understand that, but hopefully <clears throat> it is like the Alvarado's uh, pitch situation. And he actually, like when Wheeler came to 
to Philly from the Mets and Walker coming here from the Mets. Walker has a better ERA than Wheeler did. Wow. Not too much better, but still better. Yeah, still better. Which is, and again, giving credit to the coaches, they kept talking about Caleb Cotham and uh, Ty was saying how, you know, not like a, not the reason, but one of the deciding factors wanting to work with him and Wheeler and Nola and getting their advice about certain pitches and approaches. It was really exciting to hear that. It's just, it's crazy because since Bryce Harper has come here, you have all these players coming here and they're saying like this guy and Harper and got long and short. Like there's so many players and coaches that have been named yeah. for why they came here. Um, Taiwan Walker also mentioned Ryan Howard and how yes. they spoke on the phone earlier this week. And then he's also spoken with Jimmy Rollins. And so it's not even the the current players, it's the alumni as well and how they speak to their experience being a Philly and playing in this city. Uh, it's It has an impact on players wanting to come here. Absolutely. And I genuinely believe that this past uh, season, this postseason, the World Series, that played a huge part in these players wanting to come here. Huge. Seeing – just seeing how much we got into this team. I mean, we, I went to game three in the NLDS. I don't even want to know what it was like when you were at game, what was it, three of the World Series? Yeah. <laughs> when we won seven to, what was it, seven one? Seven zero. It yeah. was incredible. Really hard to put into words, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just a fan. I'm just a spectator. I, if I, I can imagine. If I were a MLB player on literally any other team, just to, how could you not want to be part of that? Seriously. And Trey Turner, liter Trey Turner literally played for the Dodgers mm -hmm. and played for the Nationals on the World Series mm -hmm. winning team. So he's experienced that loud postseason excitement. And he still says he's heard nothing other than Philly, nothing better than Philly. That's right. I mean, there's just something different about us, I guess. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. I mean, Taiwan Walker, also in the press conference, he he was talking about speaking with all those alums, um, wanting to play on the you know with this deep lineup, also feeling confident about their defense as well. Um, Again, pitching in a rotation with Nola, Wheeler, Suarez, join, you know, being coached by Rob Thompson and all the other coaches. It's like, and then playing for the fans. It's like all of these different aspects that you want when you're joining a new team. Mm -hmm. um, and he already, they said he already found a place to stay. I don't know if that means he bought a house, but he already has at least somewhere to live too with his family. So, Seems like he che checks all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's what was taking so long, him getting a place. True. I don't know exactly why, because he was a Met, so he should have one at least relatively close before he signs. But 
I don't know. They the Phillies always wait forever to announce. When we had Turner, they waited what like a week. Yeah. To announce it, we may never know the reasoning <laughs> behind <laughs> the delays, but yeah, it happened. Um, happened to, on a Friday to this time, our pod day. So that's exciting. Yes, we have more to talk about with that. So that's awesome. I I always like we talked about it. We kind of started this at a a kind of perfect time really like we over we talked about in episode one the um the season recapped it you know everything like that and then ever since then there's always been something to talk about so that's that's kind of (laughs) nice it's been a pleasant surprise yes we clearly knew that winter meetings were coming and yeah we're hoping to assign Trey Turner and some big arms for pitching um but this is like above and beyond. It's been great. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed it. We didn't get Rodon, of course. He goes to the right. Yankees. Right. But we weren't after we got Turner and after I think it was Dombrowski that said they didn't want to go get another qualifying offer guy because they didn't want to lose the draft picks. We all kind of expected to not get him. Mm-hmm. So, but it still sucks. He's kind of wanted to keep on adding you get greedy you do you do get <laughs> you definitely get a little greedy once if it goes it's like going too well you want to get some more um, you know why stop now right <laughs> right exactly just keep adding um but back to the back to his press conference where he was where you mentioned uh, the defense I thought we weren't supposed to have a good defense I thought Bohm wasn't good I thought you know, I thought Stott wasn't going to, you know, do anything. I thought Segura wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought we had a bad defense. Listen, we have our flaws. But definitely not a bad defense. He <laughs> specifically said it. I was taking notes. <laughs> I was one of them talked about. It might have been Dombrowski, but. I, yeah, I think it was Dombra. It was one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of them, it was either him or Dombrowski that said that they were happy with, like, the defense behind him to help. You know, that was the concern when we brought in Syndergaard, which, rest in peace to me wanting to bring him back. Yeah, me Dodgers. Too. That sucks. But when we brought in Syndergaard, that was another, you know, concern because he he's a pick-to-contact guy, and the defense, as – as concerning as people thought it was, was not that concerning. Yep. So, I mean, and now with the addition of Trey Turner, it's only going to get better. I absolutely agree. I'm not concerned about it. And I'm, I'm excited for Tywin Walker. It's, he seems to, um, he seems to be a really good fit for the clubhouse. I was thinking that too. He brings a really good energy, clearly a family oriented guy as well. And he also talked about the clubhouse, another alum that he mentioned, uh, Brad Miller, Bamboo Brad. I miss Brad Miller. We love you. We miss you. Um, I wrote his <laughs> name down. I put three hearts. <laughs> um, I love it. Cause it was just so nice. Like he said, Taiwan Walker said, Brad Miller is a very good friend of mine. And he said to me that 
this is the best clubhouse he's ever been in. And yeah. Brad Miller wasn't even on this 2022 team, It, which is true. This clubhouse didn't build overnight. There are no. guys that have been here for the past several years that have been part of making this happen. Yeah. But still, you had the additions of Castellanos and Schwarber. You know, Schwarber feels like the dad of the clubhouse. Yes. So additions like that, I, I, you know, it's always a concern after losing a World Series and after having such a special season, if you kind of get concerned that it's not going to kind of repeat the same feeling. But I just feel like they brought in the same, they kept the same staff and they brought in more family-oriented guys. It's a legitimate concern to have. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to make it to the World Series, let alone make it back, whether you win or you lose. It happens. It's a known thing that oftentimes teams that win, especially, don't make it back the next year. It's in, yeah. in, in every sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the chemistry and being close with each other off the field, each other's wives and children hanging out and growing up together is very important. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> I mean, Schwarber and Turner played with Harper in DC. No, not Schwarber didn't, but Schwarber played with Turner and Turner played with Harper in DC. And uh, Castellanos has a relationship with Dombrowski and Taiwan Walker. I don't remember if he played with Wheeler when he was on the Mets. I don't think he did. I'm not sure. I don't think he did. But regardless, they all just seem to really click. I mean, Stott's from Vegas, so is Harper. They, they've they known each other for forever. Exactly. And, you know, even if you've never met a, a player on your new team before or, or haven't been close to them. Um, you got to know them, obviously. Yeah. So much time together, uh, even during the games and, and on the field and in the dugout in the clubhouse. So you build those relationships. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, continuously adding those players that have at least been to a World Series, they know the grind. They know the what the clubhouse is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to feel like. And that was, that's always been the focus of Dombrowski bringing in players that have been to a championship or have had long postseason runs because they know what it's like. They know the grind. Yep. So it's, it's nice to see them continuously doing that. And um, because Haley's not on, I did ask her what she thought of the, of the signings of the signing. And she says she's happy about it. He's a great addition. Of course. I mean, I just think that 99 looks clean. It looks so good. It does. It. And they asked him too, what is the significance of this number? And he was very honest. He said, <laughs> well, I just really didn't want to change my number again. Um, he's changed it three or four times in his career. And out of all the teams he was talking to, there was only one team, the Yankees, where he couldn't use right. 99. So uh, it worked out well. And yeah, I love that it's a high number. I love the repetition. It looked good on the jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I was playing MLB Road to the Show earlier, mm-hmm. and I changed my number to 99. And I went four for eight with four home runs in the first two games. Wow, maybe, you know. Hey, there's something about that 99, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the pitching side, how it goes. Exactly. Um, but last week on the episode, as we mentioned, talking about the cringiest moments of the season, and we got some good responses. We got some great responses. Thank you to everyone who replied. And it's never too late. No, it's so never You can too always late. keep uh, tweeting us uh, your thoughts. Yeah, tag us in comments, tag us in your tweets, everything. Uh, but last minute, I was on my phone on TikTok, of course, because that's what I do. And I just was keep scrolling and scrolling on my For You page. And I came across Brandon Nimmo after his press conference and it was literally the cringiest thing I've seen this offseason. Even worse than him in the elf costume the other day. I forgot about that. I forgot about that picture. That's it's up the there. The so weird. They're so cringy because you had Pete Alonzo lifting weights and meditating during the home run derby multiple uh people sent that to us and yeah of course that's at the top of all of our lists I think. <laughs> first of all it's just the home run derby yeah like why are you going too crazy i mean i know you're on the mets and they're never going to go to the world series but like it's a home run derby and you lost. And he lost, yes. To a rookie. Now, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is incredible, but you lost to a rookie. Ultimately, that's what happened. Yeah. The uh, um, meditation and weightlifting <laughs> did not help. Nope, it did not. <laughs> Which is fine with me. Um, continuing on the Mets, because there seems to be a lot of Mets cringy moments. And I don't know if that's biased because of us being Phillies fans or if they're actually just that cringy. But- I don't know. I, I think we are biased as Phillies fans, but would be interested to know. I mean, my friend last week that I mentioned is a Cardinals fan. Yeah. We uh, we were texting about that during the home run derby, like how <laughs> cringy is this? So that's at least one person who agreed. Yeah, true. You, you always worry about the bias with that, but still. Um, but another one that's related to the Mets was that I personally don't agree with, but we had a lot of comments saying it. This was, was the Mets- a, I, well, because I brought it up too. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you did. You did. Um, I personally loved it, but when the Mets brought out Timmy Trumpets to bring out Edwin Diaz, I loved it because I know if the Phillies did that, I would be all for it and it'd be the coolest thing ever. I, If it were the Phillies, I'm sure we would agree. I think what I was getting across is like it was still the regular season and just yeah. the way that they were acting was as if it were game seven at home of the World Series. And like if 
you know, the Phillies, if they, a lot of us were nervous that Callum Scott was going to come and sing Dancing on My Own at the World Series. And we were like, no, that's not a good idea. Like, what if it's a jinx? Things like that. Um, True. Didn't. But if we had one, we obviously would have loved him to perform at the parade or something. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. Um, I will say that Diaz choosing that as his like uh, warm up song is really cool. I loved how they would dim the lights and yeah. let him walk out as the song was starting. And I thought, yeah, that was really, really cool. And he is a very good closer. So give them credit where it's <laughs> the first hundred million dollar closer, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm right. I don't know if he's worth that. He's that good of a closer, but yeah. I don't think so either, but eh. um, <laughs> what there was another one that I'm trying to look for. Um, Tristan said it, which shout out Tristan. Hello, um, Tristan. <laughs> I'm trying to find it, but there there was just so many funny moments of this season. Um, I know. You and Haley talked about it at the end of the last episode, but Tristan had brought this up as well. And for those who didn't listen last week, uh, the Padres fans who made that singing video. Oh, my God. That's the one I was. Yeah. Harper's yeah. going to lose. And man, he's going to cruise. That's yeah. Oh. yeah, that <laughs> that was absolutely one of the cringe. That's. Probably the cringiest moment of the season, honestly. It's hard to top. Like, and then they did it on the radio. Yeah. And after we saw that video, we were all just like, okay, yeah, we're we're winning this series. And then we did. Yeah, we did. Um I know everybody was hoping the Astros would do something like that because the Braves, another one that I literally just thought of was when the Braves changed their profile picture when we played them in game three of the NLDS and they had the A with the mustache because Spencer Strider's mustache. Oh, I forgot was, about that. Yeah, that was another cringy one. And I made that my profile picture when we knocked him out. <laughs> For Savage, Savage. <laughs> I this isn't the most common opinion because everybody's just dogging on the Mets. But for me, it's gotta be the Braves as my like personally the most annoying. That is a hot take, certainly. It definitely is. It, I for me, Mets are number one most hated, but the Braves are very close behind. Yeah, it's definitely like one and two. So I found two more. Um, one is a good set, you know, alludes to what we were talking about before with defense. And that is Keith yeah. Hernandez. Shout out, Christian. Yes, thank you, Christian, for this one. Um, just as a recap for people, this was during the regular season. I forget which month because it all blurs together. Literally. Probably, we played them so many times. Probably uh, late June or early July or something. 
We'll it to- was toward the, it was like the last series or second to last series. Oh, really? It had to be because our defense had gotten better since before, since we played the Mets. Yeah. Because it was a valid, it was a valid take early in the season because we were struggling on defense a little bit. Yeah. So it was definitely later in the season and it was clear that he had not been paying attention to us. So, so continue he, the, the um, <laughs> one of the commentators for the Mets, he was saying that basically he tries to avoid working the Phillies games on purpose because he doesn't like watching their defense that they don't have fundamental de- defense. That was his, um, I don't know if it's exact term, but I remember he used the word fundamental. Yeah, so, something close to that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, that backfired on him. And with the Phillies Twitter and Phillies fans going off. But then the best part was the Phillies defense got better in the games following that. Yep. Uh, and so every time people would just say, Keith. Yeah, oh my, it was, Kruk would always say, Keith. <laughs> yeah, is... like, even Kruk calling him out on the broadcasts, and um, I remember NBC Sports, Philly, one of the, ga- like, at least one of the games, they made a graphic of Keith's face, like a cartoon, and they would put yep. it up every time there was a great defensive play, and it would say, like, Keith Hernandez approved or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to NBC Sports Philly, whoever came up with that graphic. Right. And I mean, it's it's all in good fun. Like, yeah. It's I, annoying and wrong, but it's all in good fun. Exactly. And for people, <laughs> anyone watching or listening who legitimately sends like hateful things towards someone like Keith Hernandez, like that's ridiculous. Like, talking crap is fine. You can say this is a bad take, but don't yeah. like send it real hate to someone it's it's not nice and it's not effective it's not gonna make the Phillies better I did try to get him to block me <laughs> I don't think it worked um he did go private I think that's why I wasn't yeah. able to do much but he didn't go private I remember he went he his Twitter account <laughs> private. I love Philly fans so much yeah. we have so much power um, we do. <laughs> another one, one of my, uh, one of my good friends, Katahat, he, uh, he had an interesting one. He said when Jazz Chisholm was acting like he won the World Series when he hit a solo home run against us in a meaningless regular season game. I, I don't remember that. I know. I was trying to remember it, it must have been toward the end of the season, though. I believe it was, because I know we hadn't really faced much of the end, at least aside from the freaking Mets. Right. And then at the beginning the, of the season. The end of the season was like a bunch of Nats games and probably the Marlins. And so. Which was fine with me because we destroyed the Nats, which was fine with me. I mean, he ma- he makes a good point. I feel like in general, it's weird to celebrate in a certain way when the stakes are very low. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like meditating during a home run derby. (laughs) 
Exactly. And way to bring it full circle back to our one of our <laughs> most commented cringiest moments. Yeah, that's definitely one of the most common. Um, but I, again, I still don't think that's the cringiest. Um, but I mean, going back to the original thing with Taiwan Walker, I think he's going to be fantastic for this lineup because he's not going to be a day one, day two, or even a day three starter. That's exactly right. There's no pressure on him. We have, you know, we have Wheeler, we have Nola. Ranger has apparently become a fantastic starter for us. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming the past couple of years, but I am enjoying it a lot. Me too. I tend to be I tend to be strict on pitchers, very like I don't not not like not forgiving of pitchers. Like I was not a huge fan of Nola because he he before this year he had really great moments and he had always been pretty solid. But then there would always be those games where it's like, okay, well, there's that and the inconsistency in the September and or October, all of that. But um, this year, especially like to get us to the World Series, yeah, I, I'm, I've shut up. I love him. So with Wheeler and Nola and then Ranger, he could be a day four with no pressure and just give us wins. I agree. And yeah, go out, get a win. Um, work on those pitches, like just work on becoming a better player. And again, with, um, with a player like Brandon Marsh that we brought onto our team and made even better. I see that same potential for a, a pitcher like Walker. Um, Absolutely. And Dombrowski said during the press conference, we know, you know, he's the pitcher that pitches innings, you know, like that's something I've been talking about that we need yeah. Someone besides Wheeler and Nola who can go deeper into games. Yeah, for sure. That, especially when you get to the postseason where you need your pitchers to be on their game and pitch lengthy innings to keep the, the bullpen ready to go. It's huge. And the length of his contract really puts the pressure off of the baby aces coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, the baby aces, all of them look fantastic. McGarry, Panther, Abel, I'm so excited for all of them. And the length of his contract really helps us ease them into the starter or the reliever position they're going to be in. It's four years for those who don't who might not know um, it was a four-year contract, which I absolutely agree. And that was another thing they were making clear in the press conference. Like the number five person will likely be, you know, you've got like Bailey Falter, of course, you've got bullpen arms. Hopefully they bring in some more. Um, But then you've also got the baby aces coming up, like you said, who can start at least to start in those uh, relief roles. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest thing with pitchers and I think potentially could have been an issue as to why Spencer Howard didn't work out mm-hmm. because the everybody said 
what I noticed when he pitched, and this was a while ago, so I don't exactly remember much about it, but he would have two to three solid innings. So, but they wanted to keep him as a starter, and it didn't make sense to me if he could go those two to three innings. Why not just have him come in relief or closer? Even if you thought he was a starter, he's not, or at least not at the beginning. So it made no sense to get rid of him. Um, But this is just based off of a very poor memory. So I could be completely wrong on that one. I mean, that's how I remember it too. Yeah. But I'm not crazy. No, our (laughs) memories, again, our memories can also be biased though. Yeah. Um, I would hope that based on what happened this year, getting deep into the postseason, bringing in Ranger Suarez to close out a game, like using Zach Eflin as a reliever, another person we're sad to part with. Um, Yes. But, you know, doing crazy stuff like that that you wouldn't think they would do, and it worked, I would hope that they would have that similar approach. Like, don't have a one-track mind when it comes to certain pitchers. Yeah, and I mean, the the preparation for a starter as opposed to a reliever is very different. I mean, relievers and closers are pretty much on a dime. As soon yeah. as they get called, they're like, you, you're get ready, you're about to go in, kind of. It's And so, you know, the pitchers have – the entire data start ready because they're going to start. They know what's going to happen. They know when they're going to start. They get into the, the flow of everything as soon as the day starts. So it's a little different. So it, you know, maybe that's why they didn't put him in as a reliever girl closer because the prep time is different. That's a great point. As long as they, yeah, don't have a one track mind, but also don't like throw them around in different types of roles. The pitchers especially require a lot of consistency. Yeah, for sure. And our staff is different now than when we had Spencer Howard. Yep. Especially our manager, thank goodness. (laughs) Love Topper. So I have a lot more faith in these baby aces working out because our front office just is different now. Yes, I have a lot more faith too. And we know the faith that Topper puts in the young players, especially. Yeah. I'm confident that will be the same way with the baby aces. Yeah, I, I'm i excited for them. And with Walker having four years and Falter being able to start innings, start games, it's really going to help with the patience of the fans mm-hmm. and with the patience of the front office and the the staff in the clubhouse overall. I think that'll definitely help. Me too. So question for you and for anyone watching, listening, something we could also discuss uh, next time. Are the Phillies done making moves? Hmm. I've seen 
a lot of people saying, I feel like Dave has a trade up his sleeve or a signing or stuff like that. But I think we may be done. At least in terms of like the bigger moves. Like we might <clears throat> we might sign like a bullpen guy here or there, but I don't think we're gonna be making any major moves. I don't think we need to. <clears throat> I don't think we need to either. You might have some more stuff up his sleeve. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, especially some bullpen arms. Yeah. Um, but after signing Turner and Walker, those were kind of our big name, you know. Yeah. Flashy press conference uh, kind of signings. And we will be happy if something else comes around. Yeah, but, for sure. Of course. Yeah. Welcome, whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I could also see them being done. Yeah. And I mean, like we were just talking about with the baby aces, Painter is going to be coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. The kid's only like 19, 20. Yeah. I think he's still 19. Yeah. So, I mean, we still have, we have him being able to come up. And so bringing them up sooner and then just letting them develop with the big league hitters. Mm-hmm. That could also be in play. So it nothing would surprise me at this point. I mean, Dombrowski's always doing something. <laughs> he is. Let Dave cook, as we yeah. say. <laughs> Shout out Bleacher Report for putting my uh, tweet on Bleacher Report. I mean, that was an amazing tweet. <laughs> she put the chef's hat on him. I mean, yeah, it was great. Yeah, let let uh let Dave cook something up because. Until it stops working, I mean, let him do whatever. Yeah. Like, ever since, you know, we've hired Dombrowski, it's been massive improvement every year. He makes consistent decisions toward winning. Yeah. Because, again, that's why he was hired in the first place. Yes. So... And I guess shout out to John Middleton, too, for making that happen and extending Dombrowski as well for a couple more years. Yes. Shout out Dombrowski or uh, uh, Middleton for that. Work on NOLA being extended. Yes, that is um, absolutely something we should do. Uh, Let us know, too, what you guys think um, Philly should be doing moving forward. But extending NOLA is an absolute must. Yes, tweet at us. Let us know after you watch this episode. We'll talk about this next week. You know, say whatever he thinks about it. But I've seen people say that the Rodon signing is a blueprint for what we should do with Noah. Interesting. And I agree with that. It was six years. I forget how much. One hundred sixty-two million, maybe. I'm not sure. Sounds. Um, we can click quickly search for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he got. Oh yeah, Korea to the Giants. That's crazy. 
Um, where is it? It was it was something along those lines. Um, and if we could get Nola for around that price, sign me up. Sign me up too. And another thing you, we have talked about, Nola being a homegrown Philly. So especially that. It's it would just be very special for him to stay a Philly for the rest of his career. Yeah. And I mean, especially with, with pitchers. And we've just had such bad luck with pitching for forever. And so it's nice when not only our free agent ace works out, shout out Wheeler, my favorite pitcher. Amazing. But it's it's also nice when the homegrown kid does as well as Noah's been doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's consistently finished uh, top 10 in Cy Young, mm-hmm. which is huge, given how many pitchers are on a freaking team. So... <laughs> It's just let let us know what you guys think should be Nola's contract, but I think something along the lines of Rodon is ideal. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like that's something he must be looking for. So if we can't give that to him, he will likely go elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't see us. I don't see him going elsewhere. I, I see Dombrowski getting it done. Me too. Again, trust, trust Dave. Let Dave cook. Exactly. Let Dave cook. And I mean, especially with the way the team looks right now, and for the next half decade to decade. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, it, it's a pretty bright future and pretty bright current team. Yep. So I don't see why Nola would have wouldn't have a mutual interest in bringing him back. So I see us bringing him back. I'm not even worried about it. All right, we're we're optimists. And <laughs> yes, we're that's true. We are the optimists. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> true. I think we, you and I, are realistic optimists. Yeah. Um, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. <laughs> yes, that's exactly like my, that's exactly my thinking. It's like a Phillies fan mantra. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's all we got this week. Um, let us know again what you think about Nola's contract. If you have any ideas about more cringy moments or moves, um, other moves the Phillies might make this offseason. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know all of that. Once again, we are brought to you by Fired Up Sports. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Always, always tweet at us. We will always respond to you guys, always interact. It's fun interacting. Um, so we might we have some stuff up our sleeve too to talk about. So always we always got stuff going on. That's right. So thank you guys as always for listening and interacting with us. 
been yes. fun. <laughs> I can't believe it's already episode four. I know. I know. I can't wait to get into the season and, and see what happens with that. It's going to be fun. It is. Not to jump ahead, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's right. All right. See you later, guys. Bye. See you next week. Thank you. <laughs>